Today we're going to be talking to Gabriel Galinsky, partner and executive producer here at Forever Current Studios. Hi Gabriel, how are you? I'm good, how are you Andrea? Good, thank you so much for asking. So Gabriel, can you tell me a little bit about your background? I come from a music background. Um, straight out of high school, I went straight into music. Uh, I was in a group called The 20s. And at the time I realized, you know, if I really want to do this, I need to take this seriously, I need to jump right in. And so I didn't waste any time. I, I hired a professional engineer, I went to a professional studio, I actually went to several to compare. Mm -hmm. And that began my journey and I really just went every week until I really developed my craft. And once I had developed my craft and felt like it's worth putting out there, that's when I started shifting into the side of, okay, how do I market this and everything? Mm -hmm. um, if we fast forward a little, I got to a point where we had done well, we had quote unquote made it, we had done some tours, we had worked with Grammy winning producers. And at that point, I started to realize there was an entirely different side to this music industry beyond being a performer, which was being a songwriter, producer, even a manager. Mm -hmm. And I was just a lot more attracted to that side for whatever reason. Um, and I had my fun and performing and everything was great. And we even opened for some major artists. But at that point, I decided to shift. And mm -hmm. it, it felt like long term, that was the right position for me to be and was more of a producer and a manager. Mm -hmm. More on the, the business side. The business side, side yeah. Okay, interesting. If anybody, you know, can be in your position now as an executive producer, it, you know, it should be somebody who who knows, you know, what it is to be an artist as well yeah. so that you can guide them. So I think that's great. So what are the duties and responsibilities of an executive producer in the entertainment industry? Uh, in general, an executive producer, like you said, is going to be a lot more on the business side. So it's somewhat like being the CEO of the entire production. You're mm -hmm. going to oversee most of the responsibilities and that's going to be everything from putting the team together that's necessary for that project, uh, being part of the creative conversations, right. and then kind of supervising to the end everything from logistics to production budgets and managing those budgets, dealing with the clients, and then ultimately towards the end is the marketing strategies and making sure that that product can actually be successful mm -hmm. at the end of it. Wow, it sounds like a lot of work. Would it you is. say it's... Uh more uh, work than actually being the artist and having to go on tour and perform and all these things? Would you say it's it's a bit more... Uh... They have their different elements. Um, definitely, I think, uh, being on tour and all those things, especially if you're an artist that's touring year-round, is mm -hmm. exhausting. It really is. Uh, it's hard work, so I, I don't want to take away anything from that. I'll just say they're entirely different responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the executive producer side, some of those responsibilities may also be there as well, but like mm -hmm. I said, it's a lot more on the business side. It'll be thinking more where is this record gonna live? What type of demographic is gonna consume this record? What markets do we wanna test it in? Uh, which labels would take interest in this record? And all of these other business elements to it. And then of course, handling things like the legal side mm -hmm. and um, registrations and copyright. So the executive right. producer is gonna deal a lot more with the business side. So would you say that you're in the office half the time and the other half of the time you're in the studio? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I want to talk about how artists can make a living. So I've, ha I've heard about publishing royalties. Can you explain what that is? Um, publishing specifically is um, anytime your music is played or landed in a TV show, a movie, mm -hmm. radio, or in 
the case of bigger mm -hmm. venues, performances, that's when royalties are dished out for that song if the song is registered. And that's really important because unfortunately a lot of artists don't even know about these performance rights organizations like ASCAP and BMI, and so they don't register their music. And their job essentially is when you've registered your music is, you know, how do you keep track of where that music is being played? They're essentially following that for you through content ID. And so if your music is placed, like I said, in a film or television or radio, they're that's registering through those PROs and then they're the ones sending you a check directly and so oh, that's wow. how you receive those royalties so then a common misconception that I hear personally is that you can't really make a living as an artist unless you make it you know really big so would that be false yeah technically um, of course if you make it really big you'll be doing better than those who right. aren't but on the side of let's say songwriters mm -hmm. and producers um, you don't have to be in the spotlight you don't have to necessarily be famous to have a very you know uh, fruitful career in the music industry Interesting. if you're writing for the right people and if those songs whether the artist that sings on those songs are big or small like I said land in television or film mm -hmm. that copyright lasts so long that the publishing revenues, those residual revenues, can just keep coming in for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And if you land enough songs as a songwriter or producer, even if you're behind the scenes and you're b mm. building up all that equity, you can make a lot of money down the road without even wow. being in the spotlight. Wow, that sounds really good. So how would somebody get their music placed in you know the ways that you're explaining right now? Um, there's. First of all, today there's a lot of uh, platforms, online platforms such as CD Baby or TuneCore or DistroKid that artists independently can go and, and set up their distribution and publishing through those companies. So it's okay. a lot easier nowadays. You do not have to rely anymore on a record label. Mm -hmm. Other than that, as far as more major publishing uh, labels and companies that are going to push your music into mm -hmm. film and television, that's really about building leverage behind your song, you know? So if you can get your song big enough and if you can get enough of your fans sharing that music um, and make enough noise, then you may have a publishing company that actually finds you and approaches mm -hmm. you opposed mm -hmm. to the other. Otherwise, you can do the research. You can, you know, find out what publishing companies exist. You can submit. They may answer, they may not, but typically the mm -hmm. best way is if they're coming to you. And so it's it's first important that you make a good product and that you market the shit out of that product. Mm -hmm. And what is the licensing process? How do you do that? Um, the licensing process, uh, first of all, you have to own the song to be able to okay. license it. Um, and it's, you copyright and then license? Or is so, there an order? Or or no? To an extent. So it's it's complex, right? But when you create something, either as a writer or as a composer, you inherently own it because mm -hmm. you created it, as long as you can prove that you created it. Right. Now to solidify that you really own that and to be able to do anything in court about that, yes, you then go that next step and you actually copyright it the right way. Okay. Um, once that's the case, you can now license it to other okay. people. And that just requires a licensing agreement, whether it's a non-exclusive license or an exclusive license, it's just a licensing agreement that mm -hmm. typically a, an attorney will you know, put together mm -hmm. for you and depending and on what the scenario is. Does the studio have the attorneys for these artists or do they have to go out and look for their own attorneys? Yes, we have attorneys that are on you know, um, retainer and so they we always will send our artists to those same attorneys because mm. they're oh, wonderful and and so they have that outlet absolutely um mm -hmm. and they also have the freedom to look for other attorneys mm -hmm. if they like so gabriel how do you monitor uh whether you know other people are using your copywritten material 
with or without your permission. That's where, as I mentioned before, it's very important to register your music, either with ASCAP or BMI, and to even copyright your music beyond that, because once that's registered properly, there's the content ID we spoke about. Mm -hmm. And content ID is gonna identify anytime your music's being used on another video or any other platform. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube is always sending notices out oh. or things like that. So you have alerts coming in all the Absolutely. time? Absolutely. Okay. Um, now, sometimes an alert comes in and it happens to be that that person does actually have a license and they may reach out and you and they'll say hey you know you sold this to me and you say oh yeah sure we have mm -hmm. a record of that and we'll provide them if they don't already have it with a copy of the license so they can submit that as proof mm -hmm. in the other scenario if they don't actually own it and they were you know attempting to steal it or, or infringe on your copyright then you would have you know an immediate takedown notice and mm -hmm. if they can't prove that they have a license they would have to take it down or your attorney would have to submit a cease and desist letter mm -hmm. and is it possible for you never to never find out if something's been stolen or if you're registered if you're registered with your pros and you have your copyrights in order and everything it's very rare just because technology is so sophisticated nowadays but um yeah it is technically possible mm -hmm. um in in other mediums someone mm -hmm. might have something but not as common not as anymore. common yeah okay makes sense now what are the common misconceptions that artists have when they come in for the first time you know trying to make a career out of their music um a lot of artists want to believe that they're the hottest artists out on the market and the market decides that, not them. Um, but the biggest thing is that artists believe that if they have one hot song, they might have a hot song, mm -hmm. that that's going to be the reason they make it. and mm -hmm. That that's enough, that they don't have to do all these other things. And it's just okay. not the case. Um, you know, labels nowadays are looking not just for talent, but they're looking for people with heavy numbers. Um, both in following mm -hmm. and in views. Uh, they're looking for artists who are already figuring out a way to monetize their music, whether that's through merchandise, through sales, through shows. They want to see that there's a moving train and that it's investable. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest misconception is artists don't realize that they don't realize that a record deal is essentially a loan mm -hmm. from a, a, a record label. And so when they're saying, oh, I just can't wait till that record deal, if they're not making money, they have no way to make that money back for the record label and they're going to end up bankrupt or losing their deal. Mm -hmm. So it's very important that an artist realizes this is a music business. So and it's an investment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if they can really treat this as a music business, get all their legal stuff in order, you know, get all the licenses in order, make sure that the product is good and then focus on marketing that product, eventually the right opportunities will come and they'll be well set up to take those opportunities and not get into any problems mm -hmm. later down the road. So where can artists learn all of these things prior to deciding whether or not they want a music career? Yeah, well, they're certainly not going to find it if all they do is sit around and make music all the time, right? So on one hand, it is very important to get into professional studios because mm -hmm. there they will meet professional engineers, professional producers. And in doing so and in working with those engineers and producers, they can ask questions. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, those engineers or producers, if, if they truly are professional and experienced, are going to give them the answers and guidance. And that's where you start. Um, there's also mm -hmm. a lot of books available. There's YouTube videos. There's mm -hmm. articles. I mean, we have so much access to yeah. information nowadays so it's important that the artist takes it seriously to educate themselves mm -hmm. as soon as possible and at least they can now understand how they're supposed to navigate this industry mm -hmm. whether they're doing it right or not but that's going to save them from making a lot of mistakes yeah i definitely agree so i hear about royalties all the time and i do want to understand you know how you can make money out of those royalties and how do you distribute the earnings among the team members in the studio 
Um, a lot of that, first of all, depends on the type of deal that's struck, but you know, naturally, whether it's a small percentage or a large percentage, typically all the sales, uh, publishing, and all the different revenue streams, like I said, there's various revenue mm -hmm. streams, will first be accounted for. And then once any label, you know, their accounting um, department is computing everything, figuring out, okay, how much has been made, but also how much has been spent. Mm -hmm. So once they've looked at all expenses, now they'll go back to the deals and say, for this deal with this artist, or maybe it's a deal for just that specific song, what are the splits here? Okay, and so whatever there's specific the percentages for each person? Exactly, okay. and whatever those splits are, now they need to distribute that, and that, that can be in the form of you know direct online mm -hmm. deposit, or it can be sending a check in the mail. Mm -hmm. yeah. When your music is placed, how long, do those, how long does it take for the royalties to come in, and uh, how long does it last? It really depends. Um, typically, the, you know, the companies we spoke about, ASCAP, BMI, will make their distributions anywhere from twice to four times a year. And it depends how big the placement is. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing is that it really depends on how they negotiated their deal. So, you know, you can be a songwriter on one hand that just negotiated a great deal and is gonna make a lot of money in your career. Mm -hmm. And you can be on the other hand, same level of songwriter, same record label, but didn't negotiate your deal as much or accepted you know, a, a, a pretty bad deal because you were in a desperate situation at some point. And now in that same period of time, you're just gonna make a lot less. So it really is important to have a good law firm, for example, mm -hmm. on your side when you're striking any types of deals like this or have a manager who's experienced in this industry and can you know, understand what type of deal is being offered and where you can navigate and where your leverage is. So based on what you're telling me, it seems like the you know the stars in front of the the camera or the people that are in the spotlight are not the only ones that are making money i mean sometimes people behind the scenes could possibly even make more money yeah absolutely um you have on one case you know an artist who's a performing artist is probably splitting a lot of different ways mm -hmm. you have the record label you have uh endorsement deals you have managers that they're dishing out booking agents so they're being diluted so much whereas on the other side and when it comes to publishing you have songwriters and composers or producers who if they wrote the whole song or if they mm -hmm. did a majority of the song may own a big portion of that song and if that song is successful then that song's going to make a lot of money and they have a way larger percentage than the performing artist wow. may have wow you definitely provided everybody with great insight valuable tips and a lot of knowledgeable information um, now i do and i'm sure that everybody else listening better understands what the music industry is about and how artists can have a future doing this it's my pleasure.